0: Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. Series grace in the darkness is about the power of God being ours in the midst of a darkening time we have used Isaiah 60 behold darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness or dense darkness the peoples but Yahweh himself will rise upon you and that darkness is of course wickedness and evil. We see it in our world. We see it in our own country. We see it in our own government. We see it in our own culture and in our education system. We see it thoroughly. It has insidiously inserted itself, but God. Amen. Um, the, you know, we, we talked about the mystery of lawlessness. Um, we use Second Thessalonians 2, 7 and 9. Now, once again... I want to say this before uh, before we get started, and that is the first half to two thirds of this message today are going to be pretty heavy because we live in heavy days and they're getting heavier. Uh, We'll talk about what the fruit of all this, how we can how it's already beginning to manifest, how the judgment of God has come and it is working. And it is going to, you know, a lot of people look at it right now and they don't see it. I assure you it is there. And furthermore, it will come to the place where everybody will see it. Now, some may not recognize it as the judgment of God because their hearts are so hardened. But the fact is, many will and we will see harvest. We will see revival and we will see harvest. Turn to somebody and say amen. But Paul says, oh, and we looked at this last week. We talked about the mystery of iniquity, um, and I will touch on that, but I don't want to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, going over that stuff again. It says the mystery, 2 Thess 2, beginning with 2 and 7, reading from the New American Standard, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. We talked about how mystery, when he says that, it's a spiritual force. It isn't something natural. It isn't something human in its origin or at its its base. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. We made reference to that. Then that lawless one, this is the Antichrist, that lawless one. So when you refer to the Antichrist, what is his main characteristic? He is lawless. Amen. Everybody say lawlessness. Then that lawless... And we talked about how that lawlessness will cause people's love to grow cold. And how the church is supposed to be love with skin on it. At the end of uh, the message last week. Well, then we're picking it up right where we left off. Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with his br- the breath of his mouth. And bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one who's coming, speaking of the lawless one is in accord with the activity of whom? Satan, with all, next word, power. You know, we don't usually think of Satan and power necessarily in the same sentence, but Paul writes it here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so I think it would behoove us to pay attention. With all power, and then look at this, and signs and false wonders. What are they? Miracles attesting to falsity, miracles that try to distract us from, they, they're, they're lying wonders. And they are wonders. They are miracles. And it is the mystery of lawlessness, this spiritual force, this spiritual power. It is an entity or a group of entities at work in the world promoting. And cultivating sinfulness, pushing sinfulness even further into the area of lawlessness and iniquity in humanity. How many of you are aware of the fact that the enemy is powerless unless he can get somebody to to yield to him? It's just like today. God may in our in our worship service, God may want to speak to us prophetically, but unless somebody yields that prophetic utterance never comes forth. How many times have 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 has God spoken to someone to do something, and the Christian either out of out of uh, uh, intimidation or, uh, not wanting to be wrong or, or whatever it is, decided not to do it. And God either had to do it through another vessel or it just plain didn't get done. God needs. Why? Because humanity is the group on this earth with the authority. Adam's authority was never lifted. All right. He just bowed his knee to the, to the wrong, to the wrong, the wrong God, small G God. Okay, and he came in and he, meaning the devil, came in and began to hold high carnival and things. But if he can't get, let me tell you something, the devil may want to get you to do stuff. And if you say no, that's the end of it. He cannot manifest himself through you if you refuse to cooperate. Hallelujah. All right. But a lot of people apparently do cooperate with the devil. No names, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. This is that mystery of iniquity. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. There it is. Trespasses, your piccadillos, your your goof-ups, and your sins. In other words, you knew you were wrong. In which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world. And believers, we need to understand that the world is not our friend. May have been, may not have been as inimical 20 years ago, but today it is. According to the what? Prince of the power, there's that word power again, of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience isn't people who are sinners who are trying to do their best. This is people who know, these are people who know better. Everybody say amen. That wicked force requires those who are yield, and there they are. We go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12 from the ESV. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stay, <coughs> excuse me, stand against the schemes, the methods, the plans, the purposes of the devil. For we do not wrestle, we do wrestle, but we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers Against the authorities, against the cosmic, what, powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly atmospheric heavens—not where God lives, at heavenly places. Really, when we talk about grace in the darkness, we're talking about spiritual warfare. I didn't put the name spiritual warfare on it because that is so hackneyed and used up that I didn't want to do it. I wanted to talk about uh, grace in the darkness implies the power of God, the overcoming of God, the power of God, the glory of God, even in the midst of the darkness. And that is what it's all about. But I can tell you this, ever since I've been in this, it has been hair, teeth, and eyeballs because I promise you, the devil doesn't want this information out. But God. Amen. Amen. Notice the word cosmic there, all right? It says against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Uh, New American Standard says world rulers. This is something that's planetary, it is something that's global. It's not just the US or Canada or Europe or, um, you know, know, Japan, name it, all right? It is cosmic. And the Western world, the United States, Canada, and Europe, in particular, have been, in my lifetime, running away from Judeo-Christian morality and ethics and principles just as fast as the population will let them. And it should be no surprise that ancient paganism has, 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 has manifested itself in our midst. Uh, You know, not under the name of Moloch or Milcom or Baal or Asherah, Ishtar, Inanna. But repackaged as human freedom and further human development. Saints, it is absolutely true that Jezebel has returned. She's back in a big way. All right. Sexual promiscuity meaning immorality, homosexuality, transgenderism. So we've gone from sin to lawlessness, perversion. All of these were prominent within ancient paganism. Homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, all of those things, and the worship of Inanna, the worship of the Asherah, the worship of Ishtar, the worship of Baal, sexual immorality, temple prostitution, Men turning into women, women turning into men—those kind of things—that was; those were regular occurrences and the uh, in the warp and the woof, if you want to call it that, of ancient paganism. What was ancient paganism? It was yielding to principalities, powers, cosmic forces of this—the cosmic rulers, the forces of this present darkness and wicked spirits in the heavenly places. That's what it was and now here's the thing that kind of behavior is just part of the iceberg that you can see the part you don't see lurking below the surface and is far more dangerous is their motive their motive is enmity and hatred for God and it is enmity and hatred not just for the church but for all humanity. The devil hates even those who serve him. He does not love anybody. And when he looks at a human being, he sees the image of Yahweh. He sees it. And he sees the one whom he believes has usurped his rightful place. All right? And so, you know. And not only that, he sees in the church those who are precious in the sight of God. And he might not be able to reach up and grab a hold of God and shake him. But he believes he can do that with us. And he knows he gets, that's the, that's the next best thing. Lawlessness is not just sin. It is a rejection of God's authority. I've said this, it's, it's sin on steroids. How does that work? Lawlessness. When you think of okay, Levi, I'm headed for the board. Um, when you think of lawlessness, what is the root word? What is the root word out of the word lawlessness? It's the word law, meaning right. In 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 the New Testament it would be in the Old Testament it would be righteousness because. God is righteous and his law is righteous and good. So if we're lawless, we're righteousness-less. I made up, well, Paul can make up words. Why can't I? All right. Because you're not Paul. Okay, well, point taken. All right. So with law, what do you you have? You have rules. You have statutes. You have regulations. You have a design. Do you not? You have a design for people to live together, for people to walk together, for people to be able to live in peace with one another—a uh, design. So you have, a, and if you have, I'm going again, Levi. So he didn't know when he came in today that it was going to be a marathon. If you have law, then if you have law, then there must be an authority. that is a why okay there must be an authority who is the ultimate authority Yahweh God okay isn't it interesting that twice in the New Testament when Paul is rattling off his laundry list of um, misbehaviors and and uh, character flaws that will be prevalent in the last day that Twice he lists. I scared him out. <laughs> I flushed him completely out. Uh, disobedient to parents. Have you ever been reading over that and gone? Mm-hmm. I remember the first thing I read. I read about that. It's like disobedient to parents. Why? Well, because everybody's disobedient to their parents. That is the problem with lawlessness in the last days. Is it? It well, everybody's doing it. Did you ever tell your mom that? Everybody's doing it. You know. And I remember. My, and my mom one time asked me. You know. Well who's doing it? And I named the kids that lived across. It. Well Randy and Jack and Ray are doing it. And he said Kevin. She said Kevin. If, if, if Randy stuck his head in a furnace. Would you do the same thing? I had to think about that for a minute. There you know. There is. A, lawlessness is a serious indicator of spiritual depravity. It is to depravity what fever is to an illness. If lawlessness is there, it is a a symptom of the underlying depravity. And there is more here under disobedient to parents that meets the 21st century eye. Let's go back to uh, Leviticus chapter 19 from the uh, ESV and look at the first four verses. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh your God, am holy. So what does he say? You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh your God, am holy. And the very next thing he says, the very first thing he tells them is, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father What? then he goes on to say and you shall keep my Shabbats you'll keep my Sabbaths I am Yahweh your God then he says do not turn to idols to make for yourselves any gods of cast metal I am Yahweh your God so when he says you shall be holy then he says Walk this way to be holy like me. You're going, you're going to be number one. Revere, fear, honor your father and your mother. He says that before regulations concerning worship, keeping the sabbath and the solemn assemblies. He says that before, do not cast idols. Why would that be? because chronologically, that's the way it works for all of us, is because our parents are the very first, what's the top word over there? Authority figure in our lives. Are the very first. Now, somebody might say, I know of an awful lot of dysfunctional uh, families and stuff like that. But remember, we're not thinking psychologically, we're not thinking culturally, culturally. We are thinking theologically here. Everybody say amen. We are, pro, we are going, with, we're going with what the scripture says. Alright, we're thinking theologically. In the last days, lawlessness indicates that humanity will jettison, will reject, will cast aside authority. Are we seeing that? Now, let me tell you how Paul says this manifests itself within the context of uh, the context of behavior, personal behavior, because when we how many of you know, nature abhors a vacuum. If you close, if you if you shut out the God of the, the Bible, small g gods come in and take his place. That's the way it works. That's the way it's always worked. The small g gods are the fallen watchers and their minions, they are principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of uh, cosmic rulers of the darkness of present darkness and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And they've been in control in the past and they're making a comeback. And so we can look at the past and see today when they start to manifest because I okay, we know that's a, you know, there was recently an outbreak of measles up in Ohio. Well, it's been so long since we've had an outbreak of measles. How did they know what it was? Because they had records. They knew what measles looked like. Are you with me? All right. They knew the symptomology of it. Maybe they had, you know, many doctors probably were looking at a kid or somebody with measles and they'd never seen measles in their entire practice, their entire life. Because MMR stomped it out, you know, decades ago. But suddenly measles is back. So they look at it and they go, what's, and they begin to look and they begin to go through, you know, maybe they, they go through their medical school or they go through like, and they go, you know what, this has every appearance of being measles. So let's take a look at what lawlessness looks like to see if what, if that's what we're really seeing. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. We're going to come back to that. Because we've got that going on in our nation right now. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So, they are without excuse. They know. In their heart of hearts, they know. For although they knew God, How many of you remember when you were little kids just looking up at the sky or some other thing or seeing something and saying, who are you? You knew he was out there. When we're little, when we're young, we're little particularly our spirits are alive to God, and I I remember when I was a kid. Like, uh, you know, Andrew Womack tells a story about how he used to lie and look at the stars and say, God, I want to know you, you know, and everything. And 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 he was talking to a guy up here in Chicago who was just, I mean, God had to heal him because he fried his brain with drugs, and the Lord did heal him and everything. And he said, was talking with him, and he said, you know, I just guess I'm blessed because you know I've always known there was a God even since I was a little kid, you know. And the guy crossed, and he said. What makes you think you're unique? I knew that too. I just ran away from him. That's what Paul's saying right here. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their what? Their thinking. They became empty, futile, fruitless in their thinking, in their reasoning. And their foolish hearts were next word darkened claiming proclaiming to be wise they became fools boasting themselves as wise they actually became fools and the usage of the term here by Paul is the same as the rest of the ancient world it means they became irrational in terms of real reality they became stupid. They became deficient. They became incompetent in knowing how to interpret what they are no longer able to connect the dots that God's put out there for us to connect. That is lawlessness. It is a complete rejection of God's design, God's will, and God's purpose. Arrogantly setting ourselves up. As the final authority that's what that's the gist of Psalm 2 it is self-destructive insanity does anybody notice how insane things are today and you're looking at this going how you know and this has led many many years ago one very famous Ivy League trained psychiatrist to write this I love this mental health mental health requires that the human will submit itself to something higher than itself to function decently in this world we must submit ourselves to some principle that takes precedence over what we might want at any given moment does that sound like authority To anybody besides me, are you you with, I I realize this is making you think today, and I'm sorry, you know, and for those of you watching web, most people only use their head for a hat rack, and I understand that, but today we're going to actually get those rusty gears moving here, All right. so let me say that again, to function decently in this world, we must submit our, and this isn't scripture, this is a psychiatrist, function decently in this world we must submit ourselves to some principle okay we'll say authority that takes precedence over what we might want at any given time Uh, for the religious this principle is god and so they will say thy will and not mine be done now here's where it gets interesting but if they are sane if they are sane, even the non-religious submit themselves, whether they know it or not, to some higher power, be it truth, or love, or the needs of others, or the demands of reality. Let me, let me read that to you. This is a Harvard-trained Shrink. <laughs> but if they are sane, even the religious submit themselves. So by his standard, by even the world's standards, the refusal to submit myself to any higher authority is insanity. And when Mary Ann Brown told us over 20 years ago that a spirit of insanity was being released on our nation, I stood there scratching and go, well, how would that manifest? Well, guess what, sis, you're not here to see it. And I'm probably glad you are not here. To see it. She's in heaven. She's not missing. She ain't missing nothing. Right? That is our spirit of insanity. If we refuse to submit to authority. If we refuse God's authority. We no longer. We are calling good evil and evil good. Light dark and dark light. Sweet bitter and bitter sweet. What's worse about that is now that I have identified evil as good, that means I am now the enemy of everything that is good because I'm calling it evil. Well, that's evil, so I'm going to cancel it. Well, according to the scripture it's good. No, that's evil. I'm going to cancel it. We're going to we're going to stamp it out. Hello Facebook. Hello Google. Now let's look at the demonic connection. Let's keep reading here in that same Uh, Passage. We're using a lot of scripture today. Is that okay? All right. I better talk faster because I don't want to keep you late, even though there is no kickoff at noon. Therefore, God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Then he goes on to become graphic. For they exchanged the truth of god for the lie and in the greek it's not an arthris, it's the lie it's articular all right for the lie and worshiped and served the critter the create the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason god gave them over to the degrading to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. Now, lest we wonder, you know, what in particular he of what in particular he speaks, he goes on to say, and in the very same way, also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. There is no way to interpret that other than homosexuality and lesbianism. All right. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. A depraved mind does not accurately perceive the world around it. Now, this week we're talking about um, Jezebel returns. And we're going to get to Jezebel here pretty quick. But next week we're going to be talking about the Lion Kings. L-Y-I-N Kings. And how that has made its way into our world and where that's headed. Anyway, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Ritual prostitution Holy prostitution and infidelity, men changing themselves into women and women into men. Well-documented paganism. There's, you don't have to, you know, uh, it, it, it's out there. Amen. Ish, you know, if you want to talk about Anana or Asherah, Aphrodite, Astarte, Ishtar, Venus, it's all out there. Then we come to First Timothy chapter four and verses one and two. But the Spirit explicitly says. That in later times, some will fall away from the faith. We talked about the apostasy last week. The apostasy has to come first. That's what this is. Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Doctrines of demonic spirits. Look at verse 2. By means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. The word hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when you represent one thing as being true when you know in your heart of hearts it is not. A lot of people think that and that's we're looking at postmodernism, you know, you know, we know in our heart of hearts or at least used to that this isn't right. But I've been told I can frame my own reality. And so bless God or bless somebody. I'm going to do that. And, you know, they in their hearts, they know. And no matter how much they uh, uh, protest to the contrary, they know and they will stand up before God and they will not to say not be able to say, I didn't know because they did know and it's the teaching of demonic spirits working where in the sons of disobedience we saw it in Ephesians 2 all right what we're seeing today is no less than the return of Jezebel that influence that comes in and turns people away from Yahweh and turns them to the pagan gods to the small G gods. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20, Jesus makes reference and he's in his letter to the church at Thyatira. He says, But this I have against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel. Now I don't believe there was a woman named Jezebel, and nobody would name their daughter Jezebel. Somebody that would name their daughter Jezebel, ooh. I don't even know sinners who do that might call them one. But he says, you, you, in fact, it's used metaphorically, so we might even say it that way. You, you, you tolerate that woman who's a Jezebel, and it may not even be a person. It may be a doctrine that had surfaced within their church, who calls herself a prophetess, and she, remember false prophets, lying wonders? And she teaches, and literally seduces, Plonao. she seduces my bondservants, astray and leads them astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols we live in a generation particularly among our young people that fornication and shacking up living together stuff like that means absolutely nothing to them and if you challenge them on they'll say you're just old school no no the new morality uh, to quote billy graham is nothing but the old immorality and the reason I'm against it, I'm not against people. I'm just against sin because I know that sin comes in and it wrecks things. We talked about it last week. Stop drinking the Drano. Stop shooting your toes off of your foot. Stop piercing yourself with all of this. See, you gotta, you got to quit. You're killing yourself. All right. And he goes on to say, by means of the hypocrisy of liars, from that you know, seared in their own conscience. Well, come here again. The moment Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, teaches and leads, literally seduces my bondservant astray, so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. What does that mean? Fellowshipping, as Paul says over in first or second Corinthians, with demons. They're communing with wicked spirits, sitting under their teaching. Oh, this is good stuff. It means I can do anything I want to do. It's the come as you are, stay as you are gospel. Amen. Moral compromise. Participation in lawlessness. And in verse 24 he says, But I say to the rest of you who are in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, this doctrine, and have not known the deep things of Satan as they call them. Wow. Wow. Immoral behavior is OK. I mean, if you've heard this, I mean, I've I've heard guys say it. We're all going to heaven. Nobody's going to hell. There is no hell. One guy who built a big church then wigged out, wrote a book called Love Wins and basically said the only people that go to hell are those who absolutely insist, you know that everybody else goes to heaven because we're all redeemed, we're all washed. Well, get, yes, Jesus did pay for the sins of the whole world. But he also said unless you believe I am he, you will die in your sins. They'll say that all these perversions are God's doing. Those things that you feel, those like that, yeah, the scripture says that's perverse, but no, 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 God put that in you. Explore it. Enjoy. You know, and then there's the ever the ubiquitous, well, Everybody else is doing it. Now this is a big deal. Jesus uses a biblical villain, Jezebel, to warn his people that that spirit operating her in her plunged Israel into massive paganism. And we are seeing it happen in this nation, in Canada, in Europe... Right now, it's gotten to the point that our own leadership can't tell the truth and they don't see the handwriting on the wall. Let me tell you something. If you're following the mainstream media, which is their propaganda organ concerning the things that are happening in Ukraine, you don't know what's going on over there and it's not going well for the West. Jezebel was summed up in almost one word. God raised up a fellow by the name of Yehu to come and to deal with Jezebel. And Ahab was already gone, but but Jezebel was still alive. And her son, Ahab's son, was ruling in Ahab's place, but she was still in control, make no mistake. And in Second Kings 9 and 22, when Yoram, Yoram, uh, his son, Ahab, Jezebel's son, saw Yehu. He said, Is it peace, Yehu? And he, meaning Yehu, answered, What peace, so long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her, next word, witchcrafts? Witch, witchcraft. We were talking about power. Dark power. Demonic power. If you think witchcraft isn't a problem, you think wrong. It's back. Well, one guy wrote, there are more witches in the United States than there are Episcopalians or Presbyterians. Well, that'll dunk your hat in the creek. He says, it's always your harlotries. Sexual impurity, her harlotries. Now, I know that there are people who will, uh, uh, biblical scholars who will say, well, the harlotries there were just her pagan uh, pagan, her steering Israel to the pagan gods. I believe it does include that. But knowing the worship of the Asherah, knowing the worship of the Baals, that woman was also loose, Im- uh, was immoral and loose sexually. And she sexually conquered and brought in different men as, as she felt led to do. Somebody might say, well, what did Ahab have to say about that? Ahab was a weenie. He was a wimp. And besides that, do you think David and Solomon were the only ancient kings to have a harem? It's getting real here, isn't it? In fact, concerning Jezebel, when Yehu came riding into Jezreel, it says in verse 30, when Yehu came to Jezreel... Jezebel heard of it. Look at this. She painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. The painting of the eyes is something to which Ezekiel and Jeremiah specifically refer to as that of naughty women. Now, that doesn't mean... Well, in fact, did you know that cosmetics were supposedly invented by Azazel, according to um, uh, Enoch, You know, I am not against cosmetics. Ladies, you missed a great opportunity to get behind me. And you left me twisting in the wind out here. I am not against cosmetics. What it's talking about here, the substance that she used, and it was black, to put it on her eyes, guess what? It also had a pharmacological effect on us, uh, on the body, and that is it caused the user's eyes, the pupils, to dilate. And if you know anything about these things, you know that when a male looks at a female and she looks at him, if she is sexually interested, her pupils will dilate slightly. And the male will pick this up whether he's aware of it or not. In fact, I learned this in college, I mean like my first year, that they took two pictures of a nice looking young woman and they doctored it. They were identical, except they doctored the pupils of one of them. And it wouldn't even really be noticeable. They just, it just, it was, they just slightly enlarged them and then showed both pictures to a bunch of young men and said, which picture do you like better? And they would say, well, they're the same. Yeah, we know. But go ahead and pick one. And the vast majority of them picked the one with the dilated pupils. So in other words, unconsciously, they were getting the signal. This woman is painting herself up, adorning her head, dilating her pupils, hoping that she can seduce this man. That woman Jezebel who seduces my people, my bond servants... This is a true spiritual attack. Not only is it it sexual immorality which draws them in, and that's one of the draws of the pagan life, but also the power of witchcraft and the attendant sorcery. Sorcery, the word for sorcery in the New American Standard is the word turn to somebody and say, when is he going to get to the good part? He said he would. Sorcery. Is the Hebrew, I mean the Greek word pharmakeia. Pharmakeia. Can you think of any word in English that might have come from pharmacy, pharmacology, drug abuse. Here in Missouri, we just we just legalized the recreational use of a drug that is psychoactive. And not only that. Your daddy's weed had a THC content of, you know, two, two and a half, three percent. Now you can buy refined stuff in gummies and things like that where the THC content, that is the psychoactive drug, not CBD, the THC that's in it, that... Uh, causes these psychoactive reactions and an altered state of consciousness. Not 3%, not 2.5%, but 40, 50, 60, 70, all the way up to 90% of sufficient strength as to cause people to show up in hospital emergency rooms in a state of schizophrenia or psychosis as a direct result of being exposed to this drug. That's where people use this drug and guess with whom it is they can more easily get in touch and by the way just to help you out with that it's not God. In fact in Malachi chapter 3 No, we're not talking about tithing. When God comes and he says, I'll, you know, I'm going to come and I'm going to judge you. And he's saying this to the people of God. Oh, my goodness. Verse five. Then I will draw near to you for judgment and I will be a swift witness against the. What is the very first thing he mentions? The sorcerers. And against adulterers and against those who swear falsely and oppress so there's there is your there's your uh, drug abuse and your witchcraft there is your there is your uh, sensuality and your immoral behavior and then there is the lying and then there are those who, and then those who uh, are so married to their own money they will not you know they oppress the earner with their wages they're thieves etc you you know and all of that sorcerers is the very first thing up you think witchcraft, how many of you know we see it in the, in the New Testament? What is witchcraft? It is power. Why do people become witches? Because they want power. They want power. Will you give me a few more minutes here? I remember the a, a missionary telling, you know, what we used to love in my introduction to missions when I was doing, doing my bachelor's degree. We had a missionary from South America come. Where Paul and Tracy are right now. And he was talking about. Uh, This guy was hysterical. He was really funny. I mean, it's like, you know, how did this guy wind up on the mission field? You know, probably because he was of the type that within our denomination, he wouldn't fit well as a pastor anywhere. And he talked about how they'd run across Macumba, priest, and Macumba is one of the animistic religions down there in Brazil and some of the other neighboring nations. And he said that he had a guy that used to be a witch doctor in his congregation and that witch doctor would conjure up shaman would com- would conjure up demons to get things for him. That's why people are, witch are witches is because they can exert influence. They can exert power. And he said, and and you know, he told him, he said, you know, well, you used to be a wish talker, but and he said, yeah. He said, because I conjured up some demons and told them that there was a house that I really wanted. And they said, OK, we'll get it for you. And he said, time passed and time passed and time passed. And he said, I would say to them, when am I getting my house? And they'd say, it's coming, it's coming like this. And finally, for whatever reason, one of them spoke up and said, here's the problem. The guy that lives in the house is a Christian and he's clothed in fire. And if we reach forward to reach out to touch it, we get burned. All we can do is wait for a break in the fire and that might never happen. He said, I knew right then I was serving the wrong God. Amen. Amen. That'll preach. Over in Acts chapter 19 in Ephesus... It says that many of those who had believed kept coming and confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books, scrolls, together and began burning them. That's not something you want to sell on eBay. In the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found them to be 50000 pieces of silver. If you want to know how much money that is, uh, that it was 50,000 drachmas and a drachma was a day's wage. And so you're working 365 days a year. It would take you 139 years to earn that much money. That's That's a small fortune. You tell me it isn't big business. It is. I remember being uh, visiting the NAFI when I was in in uh, Berlin, when we were in Berlin in the army, we we you know, the, the West Berlin used to have the American zone, the British zone and the French, the, uh, the, uh, the French zone, the French sector and the French and the British were allowed to come to our PX. And we were allowed to go to the NAFI, that was the British PX, and to the, uh, to the to French PX as well. And you could go over to the NAFI, and in their section where they were selling books, one of their places, one of their divisions for the, was conjuring. Now, you wouldn't see that in our PX then. I'm not so sure about today. It's big, big business. Again, we go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, which we read earlier. This is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity. This is the activity of Satan with all power of signs and false wonders. Yes, there is power. Forget not that Pharaoh's magicians were able to throw down their rods and they became serpents. They were able to mimic many of the, or at least a handful, of the uh, miracles that God worked through through Moses. Is everybody aware of the fact that back in the 2020 election that it was famously published that thousands of witches were on Facebook casting hexes and spells against Donald Trump and for Joseph Biden? Yeah, you didn't see it in the American media, but the British media was full of it. And if you doubt me, Google it. It's still out there. And if you and I think that you if we think that we're not in the crosshairs of this stuff as well. We are. So stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Look at somebody say, I think this is where it changes. Yes, we do wrestle, not with flesh and blood, but with these spirits, or at least their minions. But they are defeated foes. They have been stripped of their authority. They still have power, but they don't have authority. And if they don't, and if you do not, if you stand on your authority, you have power. Your power is the grace of the living God. And greater is He that is in you than what? Anything or anybody. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. The only power those wicked spirits have is what people give them. Look at this. First John 3, four, three and four. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You've already won. We did it before the first part of the service. We didn't do anything, but we're winners. We're more more than conquerors. You remember what's more than conqueror? Remember the movie Rocky when he finally came back? It was the second movie and he won. He was beaten to a pulp. Apollo Creed had turned him into a tomato. And it was over and they held his arm up. And what's the first thing he says? He doesn't say, payday. He goes, Adrian, his wife, she was the one who came up and got the check. She is, he is a conqueror. She was more than a conqueror. hoo ya. Oh, wow. You have, no, let's go back and read that again. It says, you are from God. This is verse four, first John four, four. Might not hurt you to get your Bible out and put that in yeller. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. You know, if you've already, it's kind of like watching a football game and it's really exciting, except that the football game was last night, and so you already know who won. So it's hard to get nervous when the other team's on a roll. Amen. In the last few years, I can't even think of how many Chiefs games I turned off thinking, that's it. Only to find out later that they came back. Uh. I, for one, am convinced that the NFL pays the Chiefs to play down a million dollars a game for drama. It's all about ratings. Amen. Ephesians six twelve. we read it. Again, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, if our musicians would come, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Gear up, saint. Gear up. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness of given the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith and take up the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the living God. Yeah. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. How I many of you sang that song in youth group or in Sunday school? If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. Say amen. Amen. Stomp your feet. You know, Whatever. And it's true. That's why Paul over in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 71, says, Don't be bound together with unbelievers, for our partnership has have righteousness and lawlessness. We are not to commune with the world. We are not to commune with their with their with their values, their any of that stuff. We don't sit at the same table, they do. We have food to eat they know not of. With law with what? partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Amen. Woohoo! Hallelujah! You, Jesus. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out! From their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Everybody say New Testament. Yes. This you might say, well, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? That's New Testament. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit. Look at this, perfecting, completing, holiness in the fear of god. Wow. Potent stuff. Paul talks about the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. Like what? Well, we read Ephesians 6:12 through 17. Let's read the next verse. Praying at all times in the spirit I don't know who's trying to cast a spell on me. I don't know who's praying at me rather than for me. You don't need to know. In fact, it probably would be better if you didn't. Because if you did know who it was, you'd probably go over to their house and set it on fire. Or retaliate some way. And God doesn't want us to retaliate against them. He doesn't want us to conquer them. He wants us to win them. And so how do we pray? For we do not know for what to pray as we ought. Romans 8 and 26. But the Spirit Himself intercedes helps us in our weakness in the things we don't know to praise we are but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings and don't let that word "groaning" it just means size and things that come from so deeply within us that we cannot possibly articulate them but when we are praying in the spirit that is what that is too deep for words what a gift the only thing that the enemy can do to Make someone who is praying in the Spirit ineffective is to stop them from praying. Laser guided prayer. Absolutely spot on. Praying at all times, it said right there, with the Spirit. You know, what is praying in the Spirit? It's praying in tongues. We know that from 1 Corinthians 14. I know a lot of Christians are cessationists and they don't believe that speaking in tongues is for today. What a serious handicap. That's like going into, going into combat without a rifle, without a machine gun, without anything. Tongues is, it's that depth of prayer. It is that anointing to pray. I tell you what, when you're filled with the spirit, you know what I mean. When I say that something happens and before you know it, you're not just praying in tongues, you're praying in turbo tongues. Amen. And I have had the Lord speak to me and say, I want you to pray in the Spirit over this. And I want you to pray hours over this. It doesn't happen often. But to pray and 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 to pray. And, to pray. and it takes faith. Why? Because your understanding is unfruitful. Your brain is not engaged. For some people that's normal. So it, you know, And you, you don't have any idea. And then comes the victory. I mean, at some point in there, it's like all at once. Wow. Things have changed. Things have shifted. Maybe even begin to sing in the spirit or something like that. There is a breakthrough. You know what? The old time Pentecostals, Gene, I get a witness on this, used to say, pray through. Pray through. You know, we don't, there there are times that you don't just come. Oh, Father, help Bobby. Amen. Well, there's a little more needed right there. Because Bobby is a mess. And you don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know what's going on in his life. And in fact, Bobby doesn't even know what's going on in his life. And so you can pray, you can pray for yourself, you can pray for your children, you can pray for your grandchildren, you can pray for our nation, you can pray for anything, anybody, anyhow, anyway, in the Spirit, and pray effectively. I just, you know, one of the things when I was in martial arts, we used, you know, the, the palm of the hand is so, you know, just like that, and right up to the nose, to drive the nose right up into the end of the skull. That's a little violent, I understand. But I kind of see praying in the spirit that way. <laughs> you know. And there isn't anything he can do. All he can try to do is remind me that there's chicken in the refrigerator that needs eating. So stop praying and go eat it. Amen. There is more power in you. There is enough power in you to do anything God wants to do. It is, you don't need witchcraft. And you don't need to worry about witchcraft. You don't, but when you see it, you'll know it now. When you see these lying wonders, you'll go, uh-huh. Somebody said, well, these, these, these witches are going to put a hex on you. Well, let them come on over and dance on my porch while I stand there and laugh and sing, sing praises to Jesus. And ask them if they would like to be saved from this mess. Hallelujah. Our God is awesome. Our God is powerful, and best of all, He lives on the inside of each and every one of us. This darkness, we have more than enough grace to overcome. We have more than enough grace to shine. Yes, we're seeing it, and actually, last week and this week are getting ready for the things that we're going to talk about next week and the week after. We're building here, so stay with me, amen? Because we're, we're gonna, I'm telling you, we're gonna connect the dots so we can take a look and say, okay, that's what's going on. And credit, blame the real problem and not that politician or not that administrator or whatever. Those of you watching by web, thank you for hanging with us. Believe me when I say to you that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and that as long as you are not a believer in Jesus Christ and are not one of His own, born all over again, then you are still under the dominion of the evil one. You are at, to to a certain extent, you are under His influence. Would you today just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and be my Savior. Because the scripture says that he will in no wise cast out any who come to him and if you will pray on oh my father and my god i believe that you have raised jesus from the dead i believe it with my heart i confess jesus come into my heart be my savior that you will be transferred by god you will be born again and you will be removed from the dominion of darkness and placed in the kingdom of god's beloved son christian if you're watching this first of all bless you God's revelation, I pray for you almost every day, if not every day, that the revelation of our God, our Lord Jesus Christ would be in your heart and that you would grow in that. But I encourage you to the extent you are able, do not be casual about your faith. Be active, get in church, be a blessing. Put your hand to the plow. 2023 is gonna be a very bumpy year. It's starting out that way and it's gonna get wilder. We're gonna go from crisis to crisis to crisis. I know somebody might say, well, we have been already. It's accelerating. And some of the things that some people thought would be yet years away are now only weeks and months away because as God has shown us, it's accelerating. Get in, get in, get in. Think of the church as an ark. And then you get in that ark And when you get in the ark, guess what? You're going to be given a job. You're not just going to be sitting out on the deck in a lounge chair, sucking on a lemonade as we gently sail between uh, Vanatu and some other island. Or in the Caribbean. No, there's work to do. And God needs laborers. Put your hand to it. He will greatly reward you. Amen and amen. Let's all stand. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone, available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, Family, all one word, .org, I-C-C-Family.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.